Hi there, and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. And remember that the definition of recovery is to regain health. And like you, I was told that my son would not recover from his symptoms of autism, but I believed that he could. And I didn't want to just mask symptoms. I wanted to find out what the causes of his behavioral issues, his sleep disorders, his oppositional and anger issues issues and anxiety. I wanted to find out what was causing that because my background as a craniosacral therapist let me know that the brain could heal if the toxins were out of the way and if the brain had the support it needed. So 13 years later, my son is now fully recovered because of the research I did. And I want to share that with you. And today we're going to be talking about, uh, I'll go into craniosacral therapy. If you have, if you're following me on YouTube, which I hope you are, I give a, a brief intro for the upcoming show. And uh, we were going to have a, a guest on with us today, Zach Bush, but uh, he has not appeared. So luckily I'm going to, um, to give you my uh, this background and information on craniosacral therapy, which is very, very important for children with autism. And a lot of people, really still are not aware of that, but it is something that uh, it what we do is we balance the bones of the head to help the brain function at optimum. Then it's using about the weight of a nickel. It's a very, very gentle touch, but it can affect so many different aspects of behavior, such as the, the bones around the ears called the temporal bones. They can actually become faulted out of balance very easily. And I'm going to use that word faulted because that that's sort of a term that's used in craniosacral work. And it means that they are uh, just basically pushed out of balance. And a lot of people think really that can happen only through physical stress to it. Like, a, you know, your kid also might be a, a headbanger. If you notice your child that bangs their head on things, that can be an innate response to basically them trying to get their head to feel better because their head often hurts. They have headaches. And, you know, you might notice this to yourself, mom or dad, you know, if you're prone to headaches uh, or different issues of anxiety. Uh, these things can actually be caused, uh, including asthma issues and respiratory and digestive issues can be caused from cranial faulting. And so I'll get into that in this show. We'll talk about craniosacral therapy today. And I do have a page on my website, naturallyrecoveringautism.com. And if you just search in craniosacral um, or actually naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash CS, I even have my YouTube video available to you there that gives you a demonstration of something that you can do at home on your own child. Now, a lot of people that that has been a very, very popular video and a lot of people have asked me for more. And the reason that I don't stretch too far in the videos that I make with craniosacral to put out there are because it's really important to know that you want to be uh, you you want to be using a very very gentle touch. You want to do it very slowly. And in that video, I demonstrate that, so you'll understand what I mean more when you watch it. But if if there are some things with craniosacral therapy, many things that you actually do need a professional for. And my my training was over several years, and I actually went through the Milne Institute, and I, I give on that um, the craniosacral page uh, on my website there. You'll find 
links to the two most popular schools in, uh, in, the, in, in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. and the world, and then also where you can find a natural, pra- a good practitioner. Um, the, to be on the Milne Institute website, you have to have graduated the program, not just in the program and taking classes. So that's something else I'm going to make sure you're educated about uh, interviewing people for anything. When you contact an MD, a naturopath, a chiropractor, an acupuncturist, a a neurofeedback therapist, a craniosacral therapist, any type of therapist, you are hiring them. Mom, don't ever let somebody tell you you don't know. I I remember this myself, that um, you can sometimes go to a doctor and, you know, you'll hear, you know, them say, well, you know, basically they're telling you you don't know anything. Well, you do. And you spend more time with your child than anyone else. And you do know the most about them. They're not with them in the middle of the night when they're not sleeping. And they're not watching them have behavioral issues that increase after they eat certain foods and and watching exactly what those behavioral changes are. So you want to be able to ask people when you're hiring them what their experience is. How, where they were educated, how long, um, how long they've been practicing, and, and also really what kind of experience they have. So, um, oh, and now I'm having a break in this. Now that I've teased you with all this fabulous information on craniosacral therapy, <laughs> I apologize because I do want you to know more about this. And I did create that page. You can see my my video at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash CS for craniosacral. Or you can also go to um, my website, naturallyrecoveringautism.com and type in craniosacral, C-R-A-N-I-O-S-A-C-R-A-L. And you'll get some more information. And I promise you, promise, promise, promise that I will get back to this in the future because you do need to know about it and I want you to know about it. But... Our special guest, Dr. Zach Bush, has arrived. And uh, Dr. Bush, if you're not familiar with him, he um, I'll give you some information on his uh, background as well. But I do, I know he's a busy guy, and he's hard to schedule, and he probably just got tied up this morning. So he is here with us now, I was just told. So I want to make sure that uh, that we uh, we utilize his expertise because he is really, really educated on how to protect yourself from glyphosate damage to the gut and from all the other chemicals and pesticides out there. So um, we're going to jump back to the gut microbiome, uh, if you don't mind. And I promise in the future, I will do that craniosacral episode for you. Um, but you can look at those pieces on my website while you're looking. Today... We have Dr. Zach Bush. Um, he is an MD that is triple board certified uh, in the U.S. with expertise in internal medicine, endocrinology, and metabolism, and hospice palliative care. The breakthrough science that Dr. Zach and his colleagues have delivered offers profound new insights into human health and longevity. In 2012, he discovered a family of carbon-based redox molecules made by bacteria, and his team has subsequently demonstrated that this cellular communication network functions as an antidote to glyphosate, and we will tell you more about glyphosate, and I've done some past episodes I'll link to as well and many other dietary, chemical, and pharmaceutical toxins that disrupt our body's natural defense systems. 
And the science that uh, he's found has resulted in a revolutionary class of dietary supplements, including one called Restore, that can help to protect and heal up the gut from the, the glyphosate and other chemical damage that is done to the gut. And our kids do have something called leaky gut. We're going to get into all of this when we come back. We're going to take a short break. I will link to everything in today's episode on the Dr. Dr. Bush episode on glyphosate damage uh, at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 22. Just the two numbers, 22. This is show number 22. So this is Karen Thomas at Naturally Recovering Autism. We're going to take a short break and we will be... Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. And uh, I began today's episode starting to talk a little bit about craniosacral therapy um, because our guest, I guess, had some technical issues and couldn't get through and I wasn't sure that he was going to be able to be here with us today. But we do have Dr. Zach Bush and we will be discussing how to protect yourself from glyphosate damage to the gut. And as I said, I promise to uh, to do the craniosacral episode in the future. And I do have a page on my website that I mentioned at naturallyrecoveringautism.com uh, forward slash CS. You can get access to a video that I created for parents on two simple holds that you can actually do on your own child. And I kept it to simple, gentle ones that you didn't have to worry about hurting your child, but do follow the instructions I give you in that video. And if you need to do it when your child's sleeping, I highly recommend doing that as well because um, they do need to be holding still, especially when you work on the temporal bones around the ears. And I explain that in the video, so no worries. You'll understand more when you watch that. And I do have a page, again, at naturallyrecoveringautism.com. If you just go in the search bar and type in craniosacral, and I give you a lot more information about craniosacral therapy there. We will do a live show on that in the future, but it is a good segue to move into the gut, which we're going to further a discussion on today, because one of the most subluxated bones in the body, and subluxation means when uh, the spinal cord is pushed out of position. So when the cervical vertebrae right that meet right up at the top of, of the base of the skull, which is that bone in the back of your head is called the occiput, then when that, that bone is very easily pushed out of place uh, during birth. And when that happens, the vagus nerve can be disrupted. And you might notice this with really colicky babies. They, so it affects digestion. There are different branches of vagus nerve. So they're affecting digestion and it really affects issues with anxiety. It can cause a lot of anxiety if that vagus nerve is being pinched. So a good knowledgeable chiropractor and a good knowledgeable craniosacral therapist can really be helpful with that. And then that again is linking to as I mentioned, um, breathing issues, asthma, colic, digestion, uh, stress levels, all of that. And uh, we're going to move into the digestive aspect. So again, I've uh, given you some background on Dr. Bush. And Dr. Bush, thank you so much for being here today. I'm glad you could make it. I appreciate your patience with me and your invitation to be on. It's exciting. And I think you've done a great job of kind of framing this relationship between the cranial nerves, the autonomic nervous system, the whole craniosacral therapy approach, and how it ties into the gut. As uh, parents of autism, many of you listening uh, are well aware that uh, there's huge issues with digestion and uh, the intestinal environment in our children with autism, uh, but it's a little less obvious as to why that and how that ties into the brain and how it's related to this neurologic 
injury and sensory processing overload that is so typical of the autism spectrum disorders. And so we do have an opportunity here, I think, to combine both of these, you know, topics into one understanding, which is that, as said, you know, you displace uh, cranial bone, you put stress on the spinal cord, you're going to put downstream information into that vagus nerve that controls so much of the digestive process, as well as things like heart rate, respiratory rate, and the overall fight-or-flight state uh, in that animal or human. You can also do the opposite, which is stress the gut uh, such that the primary issue is coming sending signal up from the gut towards the brain, and that can cause a subluxation. So you just do the stress signals to the musculature in the, in the spine and neck, you can get a subluxation in that direction as well. So it can either be a physical injury site to the, to the neuromuscular system or an indirect uh, injury from the gut itself that will lead to that same autonomic nervous system instability or dysfunction. So uh, very cool kind of two-way communication. And it turns mm-hmm. out that some 90% of the information that flows between the brain and the gut is actually going from gut to brain. Only 10% is information being sent from the brain to the gut. And so we see the the brain in your head is increasingly being recognized as the central processing unit where information is processed and analyzed, but it's certainly not the source of the information. The source of the information that's dictating your behavior or your child's behavior is actually the order or chaos of the gut and its input into that autonomic nervous system. So an incredible opportunity for us to think of autism less as a neurologic event and more as a disconnect from equilibrium with our physiology and that of the microbiome. And that's when what I like to tell parents that the definition of recovery is to regain health and, and it's about working with the causes, not just masking symptoms. I was told that my son would not recover from autism, that I should drug him and try behavioral therapies. But fortunately, now I've been practicing craniosacral for 30 years. At the time, it was almost 20 and I knew that the brain could heal. It, it's, a, it's a scientific fact and I knew this was a biological issue. And now that with one in 36 kids being diagnosed with autism today, it more than suggests that this is an environmentally driven uh, epidemic, that this is not just a genetic issue. If it were genetic, it could not be reversed or or the symptoms could not be reversed. My son today is fully recovered after I was told he could not. And that's because I worked with his his gut. I worked with his with heavy metal detoxification naturally. I worked with the co-infections and we've talked about those in a past episode, the Lyme and the mold and uh, the strep issues and then also brain support and repair. If if you're listening and you're interested, I have a free workshop available on that at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. You can get that because I know there's a lot of information, but the gut has so much to do with the brain and it's sending even the, the microbiome, the, the organisms in the gut are actually communicating with the brain. So why don't we, um, we talk about how that, we've talked a little bit, Dr. Bush, about that gut brain connection, but um maybe a little bit further on that, and then we'll get into some of the things that are disrupting it. And then, of course, we always in this show offer uh, solutions to what you can do about it as well. Wonderful. Yes. The uh, mechanism by which the bacteria speak directly to the brain has is, is really been untangled uh, for the first time just in the last three years or so. And what uh, the story that's incredibly unfolding here is that the first brain where all the information really gets initiated is not in the human body at all. It's actually 
within this microbiome environment, this interplay between the invisible world and our body. Uh, worthwhile to mention what is the microbiome. It's a term that's now thrown away, thrown around a lot in lay publications, women's health journals, the whole works, and it's rarely uh, defined. And so, t- worthwhile mentioning that this is not just talking about bacteria. Uh, typically, the consumer has the concept of it's about probiotics. And if you want to even go into details to the, all the recent science and data as to why probiotics are actually harmful uh, when used chronically and why we need to avoid them after antibiotics and things like that. But uh, we want to, instead of thinking about it as a series of bacteria, we want to think of it more as a complex ecosystem containing some you know, 30 to 40,000 species of bacteria, not the three to five species you would find in a probiotic. 30,000 to 40,000 species of bacteria communicating with 300,000 species of different parasites that live in and around uh, the human experience combined with 5 million species of fungi, combined with billions of variants of the viruses that will uh, be present at any given moment in and around our body. And so it's that extraordinary complexity of bacteria, parasite, fungi, virus, interacting in this like coral reef environment of the intestinal lining. All of us have seen you know, planet Earth and all these incredible BBC shows on coral reefs and all the beauty that are in there and you can bring to mind all the different colors and all the different types of fish and the lobsters and the sharks and all the different things all interacting in this kind of balanced ecosystem. And that's exactly how the intestinal lining should look and function. It actually has the same finger-like projections of a coral and it's got a complex series of ecosystems that differ even within a few millimeters quite drastically as to which species will show up where and how they'll interact with the greater thing. So I really encourage my patients to start to think of their whole body as this organic garden or this verdant rainforest with all these species interacting because of recent we've discovered that the bacteria and fungi and parasites are not at all limited to our gut. We actually have healthy bacteria that are living in our breast tissue, in our prostates, in our uh, in our liver and even in our brain. Uh, so we've got you know, lots of evidence that the bacteria and the fungi beyond the gut are interacting with different types of our cellular makeup uh, throughout our lifetime. They do a lot of damage control for us. If we get a neurologic injury, you're likely to find uh, dendritic sprouting uh, mimicry done by a fungi that's now moved into the brain and is trying to support uh, the brain as it suffers a neurologic injury. So really cool that uh, this, this microbiome is there to nurture your health, not to attack you. And I really believe that same thing about Lyme that you mentioned there, that Lyme spirochete is actually very uniquely equipped to clean up sulfur compounds within our body that we can't break down. We don't have the mechanisms to do it. And so because we're continuously now getting exposed, our children are getting exposed to all these weird chemicals that our body can't break down, I think we're simply calling in the spirochetes uh, to do the cleanup, and we keep spotting those spirochetes and, and, and saying, oh, you've got a Lyme disease. Well, I actually think you know, the Lyme is there on purpose. It's there to help clean up activity. It's serving its purpose in this niche of the microbiome. It's never there to attack you. It's only there to really uh, fulfill its need. And so how do you get rid of Lyme? You change the terrain, and you, you eliminate the need for the Lyme to be there by reducing the amount of sulfur toxins and other things within the diet that might be disrupting or demanding their presence uh, in uh, that ecosystem. And once their role goes away, 
they'll go away. They'll move on to somewhere else where they're more needed. So that's a very exciting era for us to go beyond just the limited belief that there's a few species of good bacteria and that therefore we have probiotics to the realization that all bacteria, all fungi, all parasites, all viruses have to be in support of human life or else we would have never shown up and they would they would kill us every single day. We would never have any longevity whatsoever because we're so vastly outnumbered by these things. And they're present in an intact immune system. We used to believe that our immune system kept out all these bugs and that we were sterile uh, past our uh, you know, intestinal membrane. There was no bacteria. And if that membrane broke down, then we would get invasive infections. That's no longer the science. The science is really proving that in the healthiest state, there's bacteria, fungi, viruses, and the like, all teaming together to support your biologic function from day to day. Yeah, there's some some knowledge that the parasites well, and parasites hide in lime, so it's really important too that you um, that you you or lime hides inside of parasites. I'm sorry, so you don't want to go in and try to you know just destroy all the parasites in the system either, because then you're releasing lime throughout the system. And there, yes, they are showing that that I'm noticing parasites are having this symbiotic relationship also with heavy metals, and then they're holding a lot. And if we go in and we release everything or kill the parasites off really fast then that's where we're going to see some extreme behavioral issues because then where those heavy metals or other other toxins that they're carrying go. So, yeah, we it's, it's important to really start with the butt, with the gut and uh, and begin from there. And um, I just want to note too real quick because I know that parents are listening. If you're listening, they're probably thinking, he said don't have, don't take probiotics. There are a lot of probiotics on the market that are not the right choice. They are they're not quality. They're not the right strains. They're uh, there are a lot of different things about them. There are some that are better choices, and it varies per individual what your needs are, uh, and especially for children with autism as well. So I just want to put that little caveat out there because I know people are there's there, there's uh, parents listening thinking what don't take probiotics ever, and they don't they don't you know quite understand that so. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we need to take a short break and uh, we will be right back and we'll continue this discussion on um, on the gut microbiome and its relationship to we'll get into glyphosate and some of the chemical disorders. And uh, this is Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. And we hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. And today we have Dr. Zach Bush talking with us about how to protect the gut microbiome uh, from things like glyphosate damage, uh, as well as other chemicals that are in our food, air and water supplies. So Dr. Bush, would you kind of give us some background and start uh, talking a little bit about how the the chemicals in our environment are affecting this gut mi- microbiome. Absolutely. Yes, this is really kind of you know ground zero, not just for autism, but really all of the dysfunctions that we find in, in the epidemics of chronic disease in America now, and that includes things like asthma, uh, allergies, both food and environmental allergies, uh, metabolic dysfunction, prediabetes and diabetes, obesity, uh, the uh, very common scenarios now of premature menses or, or premature precocious puberty here in the girls, uh, one in four girls now with some version of polycystic ovarian syndrome, one in three males now in, in fertile. All of these things are you know, devastating statistics on our ability to 
not only be healthy but actually survive as a species starting to be really challenged and we're really looking at you know a, a real fundamental collapse in biology on the planet with lost some 40 percent of the biodiversity on earth just in the last 50 years alone so we're almost halfway done with this great extinction on the planet and it's really been you know meted out by human hand here largely through our farming industry the farming industry is arguably the number one uh, kind of source of toxin for this greater microbiome environment that supports uh, not just human biology, but that of our, our meat supply, things like cattle, and poultry, and everything else that's now suffering so severely. And what those chemicals are, are typically are disrupting some form of metabolism or nutri nutrient uh, delivery for the plant. And so the most ubiquitous chemical that we have on the planet right now is one called glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in the Roundup uh, weed killer that has become so famous. Almost all the American assholes have at least at one time or another had a gallon of, of Roundup in the garage or in the shed, and, and it's used in landscaping. It's used in our parks. It's used on our schoolyards. And uh, our pets and our children are exposed to this thing constantly. It's now been so ubiquitous since 1996 when we went to the genetically modified Roundup Ready crops that we've been able to spray our food directly with it now. So corn, soybean, uh, wheat is now sprayed directly with it, uh, the desiccant or drying agent. Uh, we've gotten uh, sugar beets, we've gotten alfalfa, all these staple crops that are trickling up the food chain through our meat industry and direct to humans through the, the fruit and vegetables and grains. We see this huge amount of this Roundup chemical. Unfortunately, it is a water-soluble toxin, and this has allowed it to move into all sectors of our ecosystem, such that 75% of the air we breathe is contaminated with Roundup. 75% of the rainfall that comes on us if we're in any kind of uh, uh, nearness to an agricultural environment. And so with 75% of you know the, the overall environment being contaminated, very challenging to find safety and safe haven for uh, anything. And this is the power of starting to vote with your dollars on organic and regenerative agricultural practices in your communities and the globe at large. We have the power to change this to the consumers. We can help clean up and co-create a more healthy future for our children if we really understand the challenges at hand. And so uh, the data I now give on, on this chemical is not to scare you, but instead to really empower you to say, look, this is something very much within our purview. Uh, really great products, you know, coming out in documentaries and everything else as far as educational material, uh, documentaries playing with secret ingredients, looking at the powerful impact of a, reducing this chemical by going to strict organic food within the household to reverse all kinds of different ailments, not just in the autistic child, but really in the whole home. And uh, that, I love that movie that it's, you know, shows that both parents, siblings, everybody benefited from this transition. And certainly the autism was com completely reversed in, in the story that's featured there. But very exciting to think this is going to be a powerful impact on the whole community. And so that's uh, the Roundup Chemicals. What does it do? Roundup uh, has a number of different uh, pretty insidious things that it does to human biology. But before it even gets to the human cells, it's doing something very damaging to the environment that also is impacting human health, which is killing the microbes that we've talked about, the bacteria, the fungi, the parasites, and ultimately perhaps the viruses as well. The uh, compound glyphosate has not been patented as a weed killer, which is pretty fascinating since that's the main way in which it was monetized. 
it's actually been patented as an antibiotic, as an antifungal, etc. And so it's really there to destroy the, the ecosystem by fundamentally disrupting the microbiome. It also blocks an enzyme pathway within our food that produces the essential amino acids. These are the protein building blocks necessary to build a healthy fetus, for example, or build, uh, rebuild your body. Every three days, you have to completely rebuild your entire gut lining. And you do that by the constituents of these amino acids either being produced within your cells or in the case of the essential amino acids, we have to consume them because we can't make them. And unfortunately, a, a hearty chunk of those essential amino acids are made by the shikimate enzyme pathway that is blocked by Roundup, meaning that we are now growing food that's been sprayed with a chemical that prevents our food chain from producing the essential amino acids that we need to build a healthy human body. So through this insidious fashion, we're really deleting the necessary alphabet for us to build healthy children in the womb and after. In addition, uh, it blocks the enzyme pathways that produce the alkaloids, which are the medicines within the food. All of us are vaguely at least familiar with Hippocrates having said, let thy food be thy medicine 2,000 years ago. And he was right, right up until about 1996. And suddenly we developed a food chain that was devoid of these medicinal qualities as we blocked the production of the alkaloids in our green and leafy vegetables and our uh, the Brussels sprouts and broccoli of the cruciferous family there. The nightshades have important alkaloids, things like eggplant and peppers, uh, all these anti-inflammatory compounds, anti-diabetic compounds, antidepressants, anti-pain. Really, every single disease process that you know is going and exploding in the uh, environment of the United States and other uh, developed world, all these chronic diseases emerging because, in part, we've deleted the medicine from the food that would prevent or treat those conditions as they arise. And so, really profound, you know, two-headed snake there where you've got uh, disassembling of the protein availability, the amino acids, and uh, removing the food, the medicine within the food. We then can next move to the gut lining itself, and now we're starting looking at human cells and the impact of this chemical. And our lab has been, for the last five years, really focused on understanding the relationship between Roundup and glyphosate and the function of our gut lining. The small intestine and the colon are made up of billions of tiny little cells that are all laced together with something that looks a little like Velcro, these little connecting proteins that, that zipper the cells together one next to the other so that we have this cohesive boundary, outside world protecting and interacting with the inside world. Just inside that layer of billions of cells uh, is your immune system. Some 70% of your immune system volume is right there in the first couple millimeters behind your gut lining. And that immune system makes over 80% of the antibodies that would attack foreign material that comes into your body. The problem that develops with Roundup is that it destroys the Velcro, and now your whole gut is turned into a leaky sieve, and an autistic child or a current adult uh, may be moving towards uh, cancer or autoimmune disease or uh, the neurodegenerative conditions like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. All of that chronic inflammation that's dead, that underpins those conditions begins to snowball as the gut lining falls apart under the pressure of this ubiquitous chemical now in our environment, food, water, air, rain, etc. And so at, at this point, we're not only showing that it's screwed up you know, the nutrient and medicinal quality of our food, it's actually opened up our bodies to this global injury that unfortunately goes far beyond the gut lining again. 
just like the discussion earlier about the interrelationship of the gut-brain axis, we see it again here in the tight junctions. turns out that the blood-brain barrier that should be protecting your child from heavy metals and even things like glucose and naturally occurring compounds that are in your bloodstream should be protected by the, the structure that we call the blood-brain barrier. The blood-brain barrier is not like some skin uh, membrane that kind of covers your brain and neurons. Instead, it's, a, it's simply an overabundance or an overexpression of tight junctions to make sure that nothing gets past this barrier of blood vessels that would be abutting a peripheral nerve or your central nervous system of the brain. And so the, the endothelial or the lining of the blood vessels will respond appropriately when they sense a nearby neuron and start expressing a whole bunch of these proteins that would zipper things super tight together and make sure nothing inappropriate gets through to the brain or peripheral nervous system. And our lab has now shown that as soon as you get the gut injury from Roundup, peptides from that injury go system-wide and open up the blood-brain barrier. And so Roundup has this extraordinary event of opening up your gut, which overwhelms the immune system, and simultaneously opening up the blood-brain barrier to give you a fundamental loss of that protective quality to brain and peripheral nervous system. Unfortunately, it keeps going in that your kidneys are also laced together with those same tight junctions. Proximal renal tubules and all these complex structures within your kidney vasculature are specialized to clean the toxin out of your children and that of yourself. And as the glyphosate goes systemic, we see a disruption again of all of these tight junctions and therefore the structural functional quality of those kidney tubules. And you suddenly become a leaky sieve at the gut and you can't clear the toxins out the back end with the kidneys. And so you, your child, anybody in this kind of developed world environment is at risk for becoming a true sponge for toxins and all kinds of other stuff in the food chain. Yeah, it's amazing with the, um, you know, you talk about the cellular communication network and and basically, you know, one thing leading to another. If if the glyphosate is disrupting the amino acids, which are necessary to create the proteins which protect the blood-brain barrier, and glyphosate is coming in and disrupting the amino acids, it's then not not allowing them to create these these strong proteins as well. And I mean, it's it's this this whole cycle of events. We need to actually take a short break, and uh, when we come back, we'll we'll further this um, this discussion. And, um, and also let you know, too, about uh, some solutions that are available to help you and uh, protect your child from these harmful effects of glyphosate. So I'm Karen Thomas. This is Naturally Recovering Autism, and we're coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Stay with us. We will be right back. And welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Today we have Dr. Zach Bush with us, and we're talking about how to protect yourself from glyphosate damage to the gut and other chemicals that can affect the integrity of the gut and the gut microbiome, those microbes that help us to survive and keep us healthy. So let's talk a little bit about the gut-brain connection. So Dr. Bush, would you kind of give some background about how this is all than affecting maybe the brain and other behavioral issues that parents might be seeing? Absolutely. The uh, brain has become famous uh, in the consumer world for this thing called neurotransmitters, and we've almost all heard of serotonin, dopamine, and these uh, important little peptides that are responsible for, for exchanging information across the synapse or the, or the 
uh, endpoint of a neuron is that it communicates with another nerve. And so this whole communication pathway of neurotransmitters, uh, we've always looked to the brain as that source. It's actually the target of something like a serotonin reuptake inhibitor uh, that you would take, which is an antidepressant or a and norepinephrine, dopamine, active drug that you would take for anxiety, depression, sleep disorders. They're all kind of targeting this brain's effort um, to uh, manage these neurotransmitters. But interestingly, they do nothing to increase the neurotransmitter production. Instead, they just block the, uh, the rate at which those uh, compounds are cleared from the cleft between the neurons where they're communicating. And so it slows down its clearance, therefore kind of increase the amount of available serotonin or dopamine between two nerves, but it doesn't actually increase the production. It turns out that over the last few years, we've discovered that the vast majority of the production of neurotransmitters are actually happening in the gut lining. To the tune of 90% of the serotonin made in the human body is not at all produced in the brain. It's actually produced in these enteric endocrine cells, these little globule cells that line the gut, and some 10 to 15% of the entire surface area of the gut is uh, composed of these these cells that are neuroendocrine or endocrine manufacturing plants that will produce you know, 90% of the serotonin and over 50% of the dopamine. I just mentioned kidney tubules as being akin to those, uh, those cells of the gut and that they're tied together with the tight junctions. And it turns out they're responsible for another 40% of the dopamine produced in the body. So between your kidneys and gut, you got 90% of your dopamine. The gut's already got 90% of the serotonin. So you start to realize, wow, the brain is simply being fueled by and directed by, ultimately, the microbiome. And your ability, your likelihood of developing depression or anxiety is actually tied into the production of these endocrine cells in your gut lining. Even more fascinating, it kind of turns out in recent years that we've discovered that the microbiome, some very specific bacterial families within the microbiome, have to be sitting on top of those enteric endocrine cells giving instruction before they can make the serotonin and dopamine. The result of that is if we give an antibiotic and wipe out the bacteria in your gut lining, we're very likely to severely undermine your ability to make neurotransmitters. And in fact, in clinical trials recently published, it's showing that one course of an antibiotic for urinary tract infection or for bronchitis, 17% increased likelihood of having an anxiety attack or a disorder in the next 12 months, 25% likelihood of an increase in, uh, or increase in major depression. If there's two courses of antibiotics in a year, and those can be just brief little three-day courses of antibiotic, two courses, you've gotten 54% increase in major depression, 45% increase in anxiety. Extraordinary numbers that if we screw with the microbiome, we lose the manufacturing of our neurotransmitters, and now we're running on fumes. Our coping mechanisms are, are depleted. We start to have a short temper. We start to have poor sleep quality. Our sex drive goes down. All of that's happening in the adult population all the time. Now we imagine a child born in a typical hospital, and we see a very frightening you know, aspect develop, which is if their brain can't have the appropriate neurotransmitter production from the gut due to shortage of bacteria, what's happening to the 32% of all the births in this country that are done sterilely through a C-section procedure rather than through mom's vaginal canal where the baby will be you know, foundationally fused with mom's microbiome? So I, I'm very concerned about all the C-section. It's all over the world now. 51% of births in China are now by C-section. So terrifying that you know some majority of the largest country in the world is uh, done by C-section. 
wow, we're birthing a whole generation of children that are, are deficient in microbiome and therefore neurotransmitter production from day one. And then those kids are very prone to ear infections. They're prone to upper respiratory strep infections as they get older. And of course, that keeps hammering them with more and more antibiotics, therefore making them more and more likely to develop these severe dysfunctions of the neurotransmitter environment. And so it's just this extraordinary cascade of unfortunate events. And then you add to the food the glyphosate Roundup piece, and that is yet again another antibiotic that's now infused into our food itself. And so we just have this utter collapse of brain support. As the system starts to collapse and we don't do well with serotonin and dopamine, we've got leaky uh, epithelial gut lining, the high permeability, immune system's overwhelmed. The neurologic system that we started talking with, cranial nerves, is suddenly affected. The autonomic nervous system and the huge vagus nerve that innervates the vast majority of the gut, all the way from the back of your throat, esophagus, stomach, all of your small intestines, ascending colon, transverse colon, all innervated by a single nerve, is now getting this huge signal up and down the whole system of stress, you know, inflammation, dysfunction, and it's sending that back to the brain, and the brain responds with a fight-or-flight response. And so very difficult to get ourselves and our children out of that fight-or-flight state. So they develop attention deficit, hyperactivity-type disorder. Our autism spectrum is very prominent with this. I see this in almost all the autistic kids in my clinic is they have neurologic hyperactivity. When you start to uh, undermine uh, that neurologic state, you develop these sensitivities. And interestingly, as you improve the neurologic production, if you suddenly increase the amount of serotonin and dopamine available, you don't necessarily correct things right away. You instead are putting more fuel down pathways that are already in the stress state. And so we see children with autism very sensitive to these efforts to improve the gut environment, to improve the neurotransmitter production. They're gonna be super sensitive. We need to go super slow on that because you're turning on this huge manufacturing plan. And if you do that too quickly, they haven't had time to adjust and, and shift themselves out of their sympathetic autonomic nervous system uh, imbalance, and they need time to adjust. And that's where something like cranial sacral therapy, uh, we do a lot of uh, functional movement training for these kids. We use uh, dental appliances to retrain things with their way that their tongue moves. All of these mechanisms can get at that autonomic nervous stress so that as you do repair the gut lining, they're less vulnerable to that, that kind of increase in the hyperactivity and mood instability. And we'll address this when we come back. We need to take a short break, but uh, this is something uh, in the next, next segment I'd, I'd like to discuss about that increase in hyperactivity as the gut's healing because we see this a lot. And um, if you're not familiar too, I just want to mention, uh, if you're listening, serotonin is, I call it, kind of call it the king of neurotransmitters. It's, 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 uh, it's responsible for a lot of executive functioning, you know, knowing when our, helping our brain know and the, what the consequences are for our actions, but also mood, sleep, and appetite. And I know that you as a parent with autism deal with that a lot. So you can kind of get a feel for the serotonin reduction, you know, reduction there and imbalance. And also dopamine is our feel-good chemical. And it also helps us to focus and concentrate. So though that's another thing that uh, just to help you kind of tie in a little bit of what we're talking about, how those neurotransmitters, when they're depleted and affected, how the brain is directly affected and its ability to function. Stay with us. We will be right back. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. 
Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm Karen Thomas, and today we're listening to, we're talking about how to protect yourself from glyphosate damage to the gut, and we have Dr. Zach Bush with us. And uh, before the last segment, we were talking, uh, before the last commercial, we were talking about how the behaviors are increasing. You see this heightened anxiety and a lot of hyperactivity in children with autism, and a lot of children in general today, and that has to do with this imbalance and how glyphosate is affecting the gut. So Dr. Bush has, uh, I don't know if it's, it's, a, it's from the earth, so I don't know how you say developed or found the scientific um, uh, availability of a product, and he's, uh, he's got something called Restore. And I actually have a global step-by-step online program, and I have this his product Restore in my program to help to begin healing the gut. But I will bring up that it, even when some of my parents start with one drop a day, it can cause such increased behaviors that it scares parents. And so I try to walk them through it and uh, teach muscle testing, tell them back off, you know, might be once a drop every four days. And every child's going to be different with this. And of course, with anything, you never just start with a dosage on a bottle, uh, especially with children with autism. You need to know how to, to know what the right dosage is. Um, so Dr. Bush, can you talk about what Restore does and how it helps with this glyphosate issue and this gut leakage issue, and then what might cause some of these heightened uh, uh, anxiety issues when they, they begin taking it, and then also, you know, again, maybe some, some helpful um, antidotes to it. Fantastic. Yeah, we discovered the active ingredients in Restore in 2012 in my uh, clinic and, and basic research laboratories when we were studying soil. We were studying the relationship between the food quality and the soil from which it came. And in that journey, we accidentally discovered uh, this enormous family, millions of different variants of these carbon molecules that are made uh, during the digestive process of bacteria and fungi as they metabolize different stuff within the food chain. This happens in a healthy human gut as well as in a garden or in a large farm as this metabolic process takes effect. The recognition of these molecules was important because it tied back into my biochemistry, cell biology days of cancer research back at the University of Virginia, and that I knew that these uh, these type of uh, molecules had the ability to communicate electrons or to transfer information over a long distance. You experience something like this every time you turn on a cell phone. Cell phone has a tiny little transmitter and receiver that can go a very short distance. It manages to get you around the world with its communication tool because of the wireless communication network that's set up by the cell phone towers that are propagating the little bit of signal that comes out of your little phone. And so it's exactly the same way where cells can put out these tiny little signals to communicate and coordinate functions throughout the human body far beyond the gut, far beyond the neurologic system, whole system, every cell coordinated. And this uh, this family of molecules now coordinates that same wireless communication network throughout the whole body. And so it's been a very exciting journey to see this impact so many different people. It doesn't try to do anything in and of itself. It's simply propagating and increasing the signal for help or repair or restoration or replacement that just cells within the body may be calling for. And so we get to see this really cool process. The caveat is if you have damaged cells all over the body and you start sending out signals of SOS and help, they can be pretty overwhelming pretty quickly. So for somebody like an autistic child or somebody with chronic Lyme disease or the like, you're going to start very slowly because you don't want every cell to start screaming for help. You're going to overwhelm the immune system or the neurologic system's response. So taking it super slow is a critical piece. Uh, there's a four-page usage guideline on the website uh, for the product. We'll take you through those sensitive individuals and some of the tools we use in conjunction with the Restore to kind of uh, help that journey along. 
And is that at restoreforlife.com? Correct. Okay. And I will link to that as well and the product restore on the page that I created uh, for this at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 22, just the numbers 22, because this is radio show number 22. So you can find all of that there as well. And um, that's great for a usage guideline to help parents out as well. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Moms Across America, which is a nonprofit organization that was developed by a mom who found that her child was having issues related to chemicals in food and um, his autistic symptoms went away when she found out she could remove glyphosate and and, uh, use non-GMO foods. So I'll link to Moms Across America as well because they will help you to help us spread the word about glyphosate in our environment and how to even let your neighbors know not to use Roundup in their yard. A lot of people just are unaware of this. And so the more people that know, the more people that can stay healthy and the less people that are using these chemicals even in their own yards, the more um, we're we're kind of helping the the whole community. So um, there's that as well. So again, naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 22. You can get all of the links for everything linked to the show, including uh, Dr. Bush's product restore. And thank you so much, Dr. Bush, for being here today. I appreciate your time and your expertise on this subject. Thanks for having me on. Take care. And and, uh, we will see you next week. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and I look forward to seeing